Welcome to the Living Rock Podcast. We're so glad that you're joining us to listen to this message. Whoever you are and wherever you're listening from, we trust that you'll be equipped, envisioned and encouraged as you listen today. It's a great privilege to be standing here this morning and slightly terrifying all at the same time. (laughs) But we're in the presence of the Lord and he has more to say this morning. He's already started to speak to us and uh, I'm encouraged and blessed by that already. Um, And I trust that as we proceed, you will continue to hear God reaffirming some of the things that he's already said this morning. Amen? Amen. So, um, the pastor that David was just referring to, the gift of pastor, is mentioned in Ephesians 4. I'm sure you're all familiar with that verse in Ephesians 4, verse 11, where it talks about the various gifts that are given to the church for the equipping and maturing of the church. And at the end of the list of various gifts, there is the pastor and the teacher, or the pastor-teacher. And that uh, gift is a person. They are people who are given to the church for his purpose and to bless and equip the church. And uh, the pastor is given to to the church to equip the church to become more pastoral uh, towards the flock, but also towards the community and beyond. In any case, that's how I see it. (laughs) Uh, To be pastoral towards the flock, to one another, to be pastoral towards the community and beyond. Um, And... The best way of describing a pastor, in particularly as it's referred to there, is to use the word shepherd. So um, the original noun, Latin noun for shepherd equates to pastor. So if you think of a shepherd, then you're beginning to get the idea of the role and function of a pastor. Um, So initially, I wanted to just look at what's involved in shepherding and being pastoral. And I've donated my own photograph for this morning. (laughs) I just saw these sheep one day where David and I were out walking and I thought they looked so well cared for in the sun and the shade, by the water, resting, happy, And I thought, that looks like a picture of God's people. And so what I'm going to talk to you about is us being the sheep, but it's all about the sheep this morning. It's all about the sheep. Okay? So what's involved in shepherding and being pastoral? How can we be more pastoral? What does it mean? Well, shepherding involves protection, tending to needs, strengthening the weak, encouragement, feeding the flock, 
making provision, shielding, refreshing, restoring, leading by example to move people on in their pursuit of holiness, comforting, guiding, and it's about making sacrifices. There's lots of great words in there, and I'm going to, with you, find them now in the scriptures and just see how they come up in the scriptures as God is describing himself as a shepherd in scriptures, and they're all going to be quite familiar scriptures to you, but I really believe and have felt um, very pressed as well by the Holy Spirit that as we look at these attributes and these um, qualities of shepherding and pastoring um, for us all to enjoy towards one another, to all be shepherding and pastoring towards one another, as we do that this morning, some of you are going to be receiving the very things that are coming up in the scriptures. Some of you are going to receive some of the things that I've just said in that list. I'm uh, very aware of the Holy Spirit's desire to meet some needs and some, some needs this morning and some dreams as well. So God describes himself as a shepherd in Scripture. So if we want to know what it's like and how we can shepherd and how we can be more pastoral, let's look at the great shepherd himself. Let's have a look at him and uh, begin to be able to understand what's involved. Well, first of all, I'm going to go straight to Numbers 27. And let me give you a little Scripture warning this morning. There's going to be a lot. So don't attempt to look them all up. Uh, put your finger in Psalm 23. I guess there's no surprises there. But I'm jumping in at Numbers chapter 27, and um, I'm going to read verse uh, 16 and 17. See, Moses at this point has been told that he is going, he's going to die. He's come to the end of the purpose that God has for him. And uh, he's talking with the Lord, and... Um, he says in verse 15, O oh Lord, you're the God who gives breath to all creatures. Please appoint a new man as leader for the community. Give them someone who will guide them wherever they go and will lead them into battle so the community of the Lord will not be like sheep without a shepherd. <clears throat> Moses had taken those people through, that, through his long, long journey amazing miracle signs and wonders, a huge, huge, huge number of people, and his greatest concern as he's about to die is that God will give them, and he pleads with God, please give the people a man who will lead them and guide them, who will lead them into battle so they won't be like sheep without a shepherd. And the, the people of God, the flock of God, are never to be without a shepherd. They are always in God's heart and they always should have a shepherd and God always wants them to have a shepherd. And a shepherd himself, like Moses, his greatest desire and his greatest heart is for the people, is for the sheep. And the desire of the great shepherd is always for the sheep. And what he wants is a man who will lead and guide. And shepherds, will lead and guide. 
it's going to come through again and again, leading and guiding, leading them in victory, in this case, into battle and coming into all that the Lord has got for them. And here, here we have in the church here a lot of shepherds, a lot of people who function in a shepherding way towards others. In fact, we're all really functioning in some capacity with a shepherding heart to one another. But we're very blessed here to have shepherds that guide and lead us and lead us into victory. We are not sheep without a shepherd. We are sheep with shepherds. In Psalm 78, in verses 52 to 53, it says, but it's talking about the Lord now, but he led his own people like a flock of sheep, guiding them safely through the wilderness. He kept them safe so they were not afraid. The shepherd leads, guides safely through the wilderness. I just want to say this to you this morning. If you feel like you're in a wilderness, that there is nothing around you, it's empty and it's dry, I want to assure you that the shepherd will lead you through the wilderness. He will guide you. And not only that, he will keep you safe because shepherds are concerned that sheep do not feel afraid. So if we come across people who are afraid, our shepherding heart wants to help them so that they are not afraid because the great shepherd wants his sheep to be safe and to have no fear. So Shepherdon is leading and guiding. It's leading people into safety. It's leading people out of fear into rest. Let's have a look at Psalm 23 now. you will allow me, I'm going to read and comment and read and comment. I've probably been reading this psalm for about four or five months now. Just been so conscious of how much God wants his sheep to enjoy his presence, to enjoy being with him and to rest and to to know the peaceful streams, etc. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. You could stop there. You could stop there. You know, David could have stopped there. I have all that I need in the shepherd. But he doesn't. He wants to expand and tell you more about what that is and give you examples. He lets me rest in green meadows and leads me beside peaceful streams. He provides for us a place of peace. He provides for us a place of of nourishment. He provides us with all that we need to live. He nourishes us. We never need be hungry. We never need be thirsty because our shepherd has all that we need. He renews my strength. He refreshes and restores me. He renews my strengths. If you need your strength renewing this morning, If you need refreshment and restoration, it is here in the presence of the Lord. We have all that we need in the shepherd this morning. He guides me along right paths 
bringing honour to his name. It says in other translations, it talks about he keeps me in righteousness and walks with me in righteousness. He enables us to walk the right way, make the right decisions. I will, even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. See, he doesn't want you to be afraid. For you are close beside me. The Lord is there. You have no need to be afraid. He is always there. Even if the valley seems dark, the Lord is there. He will not leave you. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. They guide you. They keep you safe. Again, his rod and his staff are coming around you to keep you safe, to protect you, to steer you in the right way. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. The shepherd always has something to feed you with. He knows your situation. He knows your season. He knows your circumstances. And he knows exactly what you need to eat to be strong. In the presence of your enemies, he has a feast. He hasn't got an empty table or an empty plate. He has something to feed you. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. He will refresh you with his Holy Spirit again and again and again and again. He will not leave you empty, starving, hungry, afraid, fearful. He will not leave you like that. The psalm says, he is my shepherd. I have all that I need. That's it. I have all that I need. My cup overflows with blessing because I have all that I need. In fact, I have all that I need and more because he's such a gracious God. I'm overflowing with blessings. Surely, goodness and unfailing love will pursue me, will chase after me, will follow me all the days of my life. All the days of my life. What a promise. You know, I have, I don't know how many ever years left before, unless the Lord comes. You have even more. All the days of your life. He's going to follow you with goodness and mercy and kindness. How fantastic. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Do you know what? The shepherd wants you to find your home, where you belong. And you belong right here in the house of the Lord. Enjoying the pastures, enjoying the streams, enjoying the feast, enjoying the blessing. The shepherd wants you to be enriched and filled and full to overflowing and rested and safe and in peace and walking the right path. The shepherd has all that you need. That is a wonderful, wonderful psalm. He looks after all our needs. He leads us into rest and peace. He strengthens us and walks with us through trials. He corrects and protects us. He comforts and feeds us. He releases anointing upon us. He brings us into blessing, loves us unfailingly, and secures us in the house of the Lord. 
Who's blessed? Hallelujah. Okay. I look at that psalm and then I look across this body and I can tell you there are people in here who've done that to me. There are people in here who have walked with me through valleys. There are people in here who've helped me to receive anointing and blessing. There are people in here who've provided a place for me to rest. There are people in here who've fed me. There are people in here who've encouraged me. They're all shepherds. And the things that I needed were all here. The Lord is my shepherd. He has been good to me. That's the wonderful thing about the body of Christ. That's the wonderful thing about having brothers and sisters who have a pastoral shepherding heart. They come alongside you and they watch you and they see your need and they say, I've got something that can meet that. Praise the Lord. I'm going to read from Isaiah 40 now. See, God is so good. He is a wonderful shepherd. I love the fact that he has described himself as a shepherd because I look at sheep nearly every day and I see the shepherd nearly every day and I'm constantly reminded of how faithful the shepherd is. He is so faithful. Isaiah 11, uh, 14 verse 11, it says, He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He'll carry the lambs in his arms, holding them close to his heart. He will gently lead the mother sheep with their young. It is beautiful. It is beautiful. You know, a shepherd is concerned, as the word came this morning, for every individual. He's concerned for every single one. Here, we read about the lambs and the mother and the young. He is a shepherd. He's gentle. He responds to the sheep because he knows them so well in exactly the right way. He knows what they need. He is my shepherd. He knows everything I need. He cares for the lambs. He cares for the sheep. He cares for the young. When uh, our uh, farmer comes and checks over his sheep at lambing time, or any time in fact, if he sees any of the sheep who are struggling in some way, or any of the lambs who are struggling, he picks them up and he puts them on his trailer and he drives them back to the farm and he puts them right next to his house so he can watch them all the time. That's the heart of a shepherd. The young, those who are weak, those who need tending of their circumstance, he brings them close to his heart. Uh, Some of you are close to his heart this morning. In a way, I believe we're all close to his heart, but there are some you need to know. He has you close to his heart. He is watching you night and day. You are his concern. And he's going to gently lead you. Gently lead you. Jeremiah 31. You see, I want you to see how wonderful the shepherd is. I want you to see how beautiful he is, how faithful he is. Because I love the shepherd. I love the shepherd. 
and I want us all to love the shepherd. I believe we do. We want to love him even more because we've seen what he's like. Jeremiah 31 and verse 8, it says, For I will bring them from the north and from the distant corners of the earth. I will not forget the blind and the lame, the expectant mothers and women in labor. A great company will return. Tears of joy will stream down their faces and I will lead them home with great care. They will walk beside quiet streams and on smooth paths where they will not stumble. For I'm Israel's father and Ephraim is my oldest child. Listen to this message from the Lord, you nations of the world. Proclaim it in distant coastlands. The Lord who scattered his people will gather them and watch over them as a shepherd does his flock. He will gather them and watch over them. He pulls them in from all distant corners of the earth. He looks for them. He notices the blind, the lame, the mothers and the women in labor. He can see everybody. He can see all their circumstances. He's watching over them, pulling them in, calling them in, gathering them in and watching over them. And tears of joy upon them. They are joyful because he's leading them home. He's leading them home. Home with great care. Home into the presence of the Lord. Home with the gathered community. Home with great care. And as shepherds, we're leading people to Jesus and into his presence with great care. Observing uh, their condition. Observing how they are. He observes here and names them They're from distant lands. They're all different types of people from different places. There's mothers. There's women who are in labor. They're all different, and they all have different situations. Some are blind, some are lame. But the Lord gathers them and watches over them. He's a wonderful shepherd. Let's turn further now to Ezekiel 34. In fact, maybe I'll just read this. To you because I'm going to dip around a bit. You see, God, he takes the initiative towards the sheep in these. He sees what's going on and he has a response. This is what the Sovereign Lord says, verse 11 in chapter Uh, 34, I myself will search and find my sheep. I will be like a shepherd looking for his scattered flock. I will find my sheep and rescue them from all the places where they were scattered, etc. I will bring them back home to their own land of Israel from among the peoples and nations. I will feed them on the mountains of Israel and by the rivers and in all the places where people live. I will give them good pasture land on the high hills of Israel. There they will lie down in pleasant places and feed in lush pastures of the hills. I myself, I myself will tend my sheep and give them a place to lie down in peace, says the Sovereign Lord. I will search for my lost ones who strayed away. 
and I will bring them safely home again. I will bandage the injured and strengthen the weak. Can you hear the heart of a shepherd? I will, I will, I will, I will, I will. Bring them home safely. I'll give them rivers. I'll give them pastures. He is faithful. He is good. He loves us so much. He loves us so much. He actually says, I myself will tend them. He loves us so much. Further on in that chapter at verse 22, he says, so I will rescue my flock. And later he says, I will set over them one shepherd, my servant David. He will feed them and be a shepherd to them. I'll bless my people and their homes around my holy hill, and in the proper season, I'll send the showers they need. There'll be showers of blessing. The orchards and fields of my people will yield bumper crops, and everyone will live in safety. When I've broken their chains of slavery and rescued them from those who enslaved them, then they'll know that I am the Lord. And he finishes up saying, you are my flock, the sheep of my pasture. You're my people, and I am your God. I, the sovereign Lord, have spoken. See, David was a shepherd. Obviously, we know David was a shepherd. And God chooses David to be the man who would feed and be a shepherd to his so precious people. The people that he's just said he will rescue, that he will gather, the people that he's just said he's watching and will watch over. He chooses David to be a shepherd for them because he will feed them. And then he describes the showers, the orchards, the blessings. As David comes in as a shepherd, there's something about heaven coming to earth there. There's something about everything that is needed, all the joy, all the peace, all the bounty, all the um, safety, all the security, the chains of slavery have gone, the orchards and the fields and the bumper crops and everyone living in safety. That's like the kingdom of God, isn't it? That's like heaven on earth. God's shepherd, David, is going to feed them and then the Lord is going to bless them all with an experience of heaven on earth. I don't believe it's any different for us that as we enjoy our shepherding, pastoral care towards one another and to the community beyond, that the Lord will bless us and we will find ourselves gathered together enjoying heaven on earth more and more and more and more as we become uh, more and more in love with him and understanding that we can be those that give like a shepherd, that watch over and care for one another like a shepherd. See, shepherding is all about the sheep. God's concern was the sheep. David's concern was the sheep. Moses' concern was the sheep. It's all about the sheep. God loves people. He's passionate about his people. He is passionate about you this morning. He is passionate about you this morning. 
He's a passionate God. He's passionate about every single one of you this morning. He knows how many hairs are on your head. He knows what you had for breakfast. He knows where you're going to put your head down tonight. He is passionate for you. He knows how you felt when you came here this morning. He knows what was pressing on you. He knows what you're carrying in your heart. He knows. Whatever your condition this morning, he loves you. Whether you're ragged, lame or lost, or whether you're running and you're following and you're hungry and thirsty, he loves you. He wants you to live in safety, be well-fed, thriving, lying down to rest, drinking from peaceful streams. Shepherds love their sheep. And that shepherding heart that we carry from him causes us to love one another in an extraordinary way. I'm going to read you a little quote from a book that I've been reading. It's taken me a little while. About a shepherd. It's a true, uh, it's like a biography. But, um, you know, shepherding is all about the sheep. It's being consumed by the sheep, being consumed with uh, God's people. And uh, this shepherd has a little girl. She's only four years old, and she's been watching him, looking after the sheep and his life. And uh, he says here, My children have long figured out what makes me tick. When my elder daughter was four years old, she looked at me sternly across the kitchen table, and she said with a wisdom beyond her years, The trouble with you, Dad, is that it's all about the sheep. (laughs) She very quickly cottoned on that his whole life was devoted to the sheep. At the end of the book, the shepherd describes himself uh, when he's taken his sheep up to the top of the fells in the Lake District. And he says, when I leave my flock in the fells, surrounded by grass, and come down home, I leave something of myself up there with them. So I look away to the skyline where they graze several times a day, I can't help myself, and I go back up the fell just to see that all is well. He is so faithful. He's more faithful than that. He's so faithful. I can't help myself. I just go back up the fell and have a quick check. Can't help myself. But there's something about that that will beat in our own hearts, you see. God couldn't help himself. He sent Jesus, the great shepherd, the gateway into the sheepfold. Sent him and said, go, go, and let let them all see my shepherding heart. Let them experience my shepherding love. It says in John 10.10, Jesus is the gate for the sheep, where the sheep can come and go and freely find good pasture. And his purpose is that they enjoy a rich and satisfying life. His purpose is that they enjoy a rich and satisfying life. Jesus is a gateway, a wide open gate for sheep to enjoy the good pasture. He also says, if anyone is thirsty, let them come to me and drink. Now come in, come into the pen, come into the security through me, Jesus Christ, because what I'm going to do for you means you can come in, but if you're thirsty, come to me and you can have a drink because I have rivers of living water that will never run out in me. That reminds me of a psalm. 
peaceful streams, lush meadows. The shepherd had arrived for everyone to see. He's the pasture, he's the river, he's our food and drink, he's our bread and wine, he is our life. He calls himself the good shepherd who sacrifices his life for the sheep. Shepherding is sacrificial. Shepherding is sacrificial. And being a shepherd to one another and to your friends and to your family, at times it's sacrificial. It's about laying down your life for one another. Moses' great concern was his people. David's uh, concern was for the people and the sheep. And Peter has a conversation in John chapter 21 and verse 15, which you will remember, I'm sure. We'll look at it now. This is the end of the book of John. Jesus is going to leave them soon. But in uh, chapter 21 and verse 15, after breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know I love you. I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said. You know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. A third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. The concern that Jesus had as he neared the end of his time with his disciples was for his sheep. One of the most important things was that he could find a shepherd for the sheep. So he tests Peter's heart convictions. He says, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you really love me? And Peter, once and twice, and then he gets offended and he says, you know I love you. In that case then, feed my sheep. He entrusts his sheep to the one who loves him. You can't love the sheep unless you love the shepherd. You can't express the shepherding heart of the Lord unless you love the shepherd. And the way to love him is to know him. And this morning we did that as we worshipped. We got to know him more. We started to see him in all his glory and all his greatness as we sang Great are you, Lord. Great are you, Lord. And we start falling more in love with Jesus because we see who he is. I personally have found worshipping the Lord is one of the key ways that I have come to know Jesus and to love him. I found worshipping the Lord has been a place where I've been able to surrender, 
where I've been able to encounter, where I've been able to express my own heart to him and discovered him for myself in some quite significant ways. To know him is to love him. And when you love him, you become like him. And you find the shepherding heart of the Lord is pounding deep inside you. I've got to know him in the word, reading. I've found myself, as I've read about the shepherd and read in Ezekiel and I've read there in Jeremiah and I've read Moses' heart, I've started to understand how great the heart of the shepherd is. I've got to know the shepherd better. When we fellowship together and we're eating a meal together or maybe when we're at the ball, I don't know, but you look around and you think, Lord, I'm so privileged that you've added me to all these people and you've called us a family and you've made us your family. And look, and when we're breaking bread, I don't know if you ever do this, we're breaking bread, another dynamic way of getting to know the Lord even better and to love him more. We're breaking bread and you look around and you think, God, so privileged and blessed that you added me to these people. I'm so overwhelmed that you invited me to share my life with these people brothers and sisters. The other way of knowing the Lord even more and loving him more and having that shepherding heart is being constantly filled with the Holy Spirit. Being constantly filled with the Holy Spirit. All the scriptures I've read, there's always been a stream or a river. He wants us to be filled and full to overflow with the Holy Spirit. We, as we engage with the Holy Spirit and we start to sing in tongues like we have this morning or speak in tongues, we find there's a drawing on the inside and we're lifted from earth to heaven and we find ourselves encountering the Lord, the Lord, the King of kings, the God above all gods. The Holy Spirit helps us to love him more. We read last week in Psalm 1 that we're like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. We can be like the shade or the shelter for one another. We can feed one another. We have the word to strengthen one another. We're shepherds, we're trees. But we bless and share and build up one another. And then later in John chapter 14, Jesus tells the disciples... Remember, he's the good shepherd. He says, I'm going to come and make my home in you. So the shepherd is now taking up residence inside our hearts. And everything that we have read in the scripture of how the Lord, the almighty God, has felt towards his people about Jesus being the gateway and the good shepherd All of that comes to live in here. And we become a vessel for the shepherd to minister through 
It says in Ephesians 3 and verse 19 that we're filled with the fullness of God. That means there's a lot of shepherd inside here. And there's a lot of shepherd inside you. doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian. He lives. The shepherd lives in there. When I was uh, born again, I think I was 18 when I was born again, quite soon after that, I went to um, a conference. We used to have loads of conferences then. I was always going to a conference. I don't think we were married. And uh, I was in one of these worship... It was a worship time, and... um, they invited us to just join in singing and there was a song that came up and I sang it and I was changed. Um, And I'd like us to see if we can sing it right now. Dave, I did give him warning. Because when the shepherd comes to live inside you, you can never be the same again. I'm not the person I was when I was 17. I've got a shepherd living inside me now, and so have you. And all that love and care, the safety, the strength, the healing, the life, it all lives in me in the person of Jesus Christ. And it lives, all of those things live in you, in the person of Jesus Christ, Christ in you. We are through Christ like shepherds for one another. There is a shepherdness about us. It says in Ezekiel 36 that when we meet with Jesus, he takes a stony, hard heart and he replaces it with what the New Living calls a tender and responsive heart. I love that phrase, a tender and responsive heart. Because tender and responsive hearts move with the compassion of the great shepherd. In Philippians 2, the question is asked, are your hearts tender and compassionate? verse 1. Do you know this condition of tenderness and responsiveness is cultivated through prayer, worship, reading the word, speaking in tongues, I just said all those things. But I remember singing this song. I hope I can sing it now. Maybe, um, maybe David would be kind enough to sing it with me. And it changed me. Uh, And I can't forget that. And if you know it, maybe you'd like to sing it. Because you see, it's all about the sheep. I listen very carefully. It's about all the sheep. It's not just about the sheep. It's about all the sheep. We enjoy streams, peaceful streams 
lush meadows. We're safe. We have all that we need. But it's about all the sheep. Matthew 9 and verse 35. These are very familiar scriptures to you. See, when you have a tender and responsive heart, that song becomes a reality for you. You find yourself moved in compassion and you find yourself at times weeping. The Bible talks about us sowing in tears and reaping in joy. I was so blessed. Recently we've been praying uh, with some of the people in Market Harbour for their new life groups. And there was one lady and she was praying in tears for people to be saved in the town. And I listened and I heard somebody who wanted to shepherd the sheep that don't know a shepherd. The lost sheep. I love that sound. There's nothing wrong with uh, having emotions. Jesus was full of emotion. In uh, Matthew 9, verse 35, he's been through all the towns and the villages announcing the good news, healing and, and dealing with disease and sickness. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. He said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who's in charge of the harvest and ask him to send out workers. I want to say to this to you, expect God to move you. Amen. Expect God to move you. Yes. You know, he moved a stone away from the tomb. Expect God to move you in a monumental way. Expect some stones to be removed because I feel like I have some rubble in here that maybe I need to shift out of the way because I want more compassion. I want to see things more like he does. I want to be more fruitful for him. I want the lost sheep to feel the shepherd's heart, to feel the shepherd's hand ruffling through the wool on their backs, saying, let me look at you. Let me feel you. Are you sick? Here I am. Shepherds love sheep. And we are shepherds. I went to the Philippines a few years ago. I had the privilege of going there and spending time with Norof and Tuna and seeing all that they do. I was so moved. There was so much shepherding going on. There were so many different places where sheep could come into pens and be blessed, be healed, be taught, be fed, be watered, be safe. I was moved and my prayer was, Lord, I need more compassion. I need more in order to do the greater works I think that he has called us to do. I need my heart to expand with compassion. I went to Cuba and I saw people there who had no shoes on their feet, hardly any food on the table, but were captives on their island then different now. They were captives. They weren't allowed to leave the island. I saw them sitting on the concrete pier looking out to sea where across those waters everyone is free except them on that island were captives, hopeless, stuck 
and I felt moved. I felt disturbed. This can't be right. But you know, I went to Market Harbour at Christmas. We did some outreach. I won't forget this. So it was quite impacting for me anyway. We prayed before we went out to the Christmas event they have. Christmas fair where people come out on the streets and we prayed um, to have compassion to meet people and pray for them etc and uh, the first lady that I met came on a scooter because she couldn't walk and her hands were all twisted it was dark and it was freezing cold and she was an elderly lady and uh, she couldn't talk really I think she'd had a stroke but she came up and um, she sort of sat on a scooter and looked what was going on. And I went across and said, hello, how are you? And she tried to say something and I couldn't understand what, she'd said, what she was saying. And so um, I thought, well, I'll give her the leaflets. Then I realized she couldn't really hold them because her hands were so uh, twisted up. She tried to tell me things. It was out, she was out in the cold, a vulnerable, old lady on her own and I looked at her and I thought this isn't right where's your family where's your friends I'm giving you leaflets you can't even hold I was moved I thought we have to be out taking the shepherd's love to the sheep who are lost Do you realise you could be a gateway into green pastures and quiet streams? Do you realise that you have everything within you, everyone or the one within you who can meet the needs of everybody you meet in your work, in your street, in your neighbourhood? People who've got lives that are in ruins, whose hopes have been dashed, I met a lady this week who's been told she has various conditions. They've given her a wheelchair and they they said, there it is, you're going to probably spend the rest of your life in that. She's in her early 30s. That's not right. It's not right. That's not what God wants for her. I met another lady in the last week. She'd been in Afghanistan. She'd been in Iraq. She'd been in Germany. She'd suffered almost a fatal injury. And she now has post-traumatic stress disorder and various other problems. She could barely look me in the eye and had a huge scar around her neck. It's not right. It's not right. God loves her. Our time is gone. Uh, So I'm going to finish with just this final scripture because I want to encourage you that as shepherds, we have something wonderful to offer. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. 
He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim that captives will be released, the prisoners will be freed. He sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favour has come, and with it the day of God's anger against their enemies. To all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. In their righteousness they will be like great oaks, that the Lord has planted for his own glory. They will rebuild the ancient ruins, repairing cities destroyed long ago. They will revive them, though they've been deserted for many generations. Another meaning of the word desolation is without trees. I found that out thinking about people's lives that were desolated. They feel desolated. They feel like they're living in desolation. Well, desolation is a place where there's no trees. And we know that we are trees. We have all that is required. This morning... If you need to come home into safety, you can do that. If you want to ask God to soften your heart, you can do that. If you know you felt like you've been a bit scattered, you're a bit out there somewhere, you're not really in, you can come right in today. You can make that decision. If you feel like, I need more compassion, I have a burden that wants to break out of me, you can ask the Lord for that today. Maybe we can pray for people in a moment with that. Hebrews 13 is a a wonderful uh, prayer for you and for me at the end here. And I shall finish with this. Hebrews 13 and verse 20, it says, Now may the God of peace, who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, and ratified an eternal covenant with his blood, may he equip you with all you need for doing his will. May he produce in you, through the power of Jesus Christ, every good thing that is pleasing to him. All glory to him forever and ever. Amen. 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 Shall we stand? Father, we just want to thank you for your shepherding heart towards us. Thank you that we can say, You are our shepherd. We have all that we need. We just pray that all we've uh, discovered about your shepherding heart this morning will grow in us as we minister to one another and as we look beyond our doorstep to those who are sheep without a shepherd. I pray in the name of Jesus that we will have a sense of urgency and a knowing that we need to take all that you've given us and share it to go out there like we have never done before. 
to give like we've never done before, to gather in like we've never done before, that, Lord, everything that we have written on these banners would indeed be a reality for us in greater and greater measure. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. There's so much going on at Living Rock Church and we'd love for you to be involved. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching. Visit www.livingrock.church or search for us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. We meet every Sunday at 10.30am in Stony Stanton and 4pm in Tamworth and Market Harbour. Feel free to come and visit us. We'd love to meet you.